0: Welcome to the Modern Creative Podcast. Listen in as we connect with other creative entrepreneurs and have real conversations about life, business, and everything in between.
1: Owning a creative business doesn't have to be confusing or overwhelming, and you don't have to go at it alone. It's absolutely possible to be successful as a modern creative, and we want to help you to go after your own creative dreams. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Modern Creative Podcast. Making a profit in your business is a goal that we all have as business owners. In fact, you won't have a business without it. While that's so obvious, it's also commonly put on the back burner. As creatives, we get so focused on the customers or the exciting projects, but will those things actually make you a profitable business? Today, we have a guest speaker with us today to chat about how to create a profit-driven business and get deep into the back-end numbers, sales strategy, and all that good stuff. Before we get started, I want to remind you to leave a review on iTunes if you haven't already. You already know that we read all the reviews and love it so much. We love to hear from you and it helps us to reach more creatives like yourself. All right, so let's get started. So our guest with us today is
0: Natalia Amador, who is the business and online marketing coach behind Social Business Bosses. She helps women launch and scale profitable online businesses that are designed around their dream life. And fun fact, she also is the best guacamole maker you'll ever meet. If you think you're that person, I dare you to challenge Natalia and let's see who wins. So welcome, Natalia. We're so excited that you're here.
2: Thank you. I'm really excited to be here and I am always up for a guacamole challenge because <laughs> that just means there's more of it to consume so I am down for that. <laughs> I know I'm like okay we have
0: to have a modern creative podcast sponsored guacamole cook-off oh, yes. not cook-off make-off.
1: <laughs> yes. Ooh, Diana
0: we should have that at the next conference.
1: That Tangent. sounds amazing. Ooh,
0: so, <laughs> so, we're so happy that you're here, Natalia, and also Tangent again. Natalia was one of our speakers at last year's conference. If you joined us, leave us a comment on Instagram because uh, we'd love to know and chat about it. But we'd first love to hear about your journey in a nutshell um, your journey mm. to owning a business, your journey in the last few months. And we'd just love to know how you got started.
2: Yeah. So, I've been an entrepreneur for um, six years now. And prior to being an entrepreneur, I worked in the corporate world doing marketing. And I actually got my start in like very traditional marketing because I started really young. I think I was 18 when I had my first marketing job. And so I was doing like what they called back then like field marketing where I was like physically driving to businesses to tell them about like, this company I was working for and building connections, like social media was not a thing. And I worked in corporate for a few years and realized I love marketing, but I don't love the corporate environment. It was really stressful. I didn't love that I was limited on how much vacation I could take, or even the feeling that I had to be there all the time. And that in order to move up, I was going to have to give more of my time to help build someone else's dream. And so that was kind of when I started exploring entrepreneurship. And and I started by creating a blog and really just teaching myself about the online space and about social media and how to use all of that. And because I did that, um, I started to kind of see how social media started to become a thing for bigger businesses. And they didn't know how to use it. So I actually started teaching the companies I was working for, like how to use social media to generate leads and how to use the online space. And so I ended up turning that into a business and leaving my corporate job. I had to quit unexpectedly because I was having a lot of health issues due to like how stressful the environment was. So I quit before I was like ready to go full time into my business, but I kind of just took that leap and went for it. And hired a business coach and built my first business. So my blog I ended up turning into a print magazine, um, and I eventually sold that business. And then my second business was a creative agency that I ran with a partner, and we basically offered digital marketing services and like websites and things like that. And so I was managing social media platforms for like huge corporations and nonprofits and small businesses, and I loved entrepreneurship. But I think that having built those two businesses, I realized it wasn't what I was truly passionate about. And through building those two businesses, I was mentoring women on the side on how to start their own business and what to do with their vision. And so I think that along that path, I kind of knew I wanted to help other women and I wanted to coach them But I wanted to go through the process myself of learning how to build a business before I called myself a business coach or before I started teaching others how to do it. So I built two businesses, they did well, they were successful. And then I fully stepped into business coaching two years ago. And so that's where I am now. And now I get to spend my time helping other women build their dream and really do it in a way where it's, Aligned with the life that they want to have. And that's really important to me. And so all of my clients are women that want to have flexible schedules and travel or spend more time with their family. And so I help them create a business that's not just going to support that, but be something where it's like you love your work and you love your life. And that's really important to me.
0: I love that. And I also want to touch on the fact that you mentioned that you quit before you were ready. I think that a lot of Creatives out there who want to start their business, they really try and I'm using air quotes. No one can see me. They really try and get everything ready, right? I feel like that episode in Friends. Never mind. Okay, another <laughs> tangent I was gonna go down. But I love that you quit before you're ready because you're just you're never gonna be 100 ready. Mm-hmm. Like you, some people try to have. Are you talking
1: like, about Rachel?
0: <laughs> say, um, I was also thinking of the episode with Unagi too. Uh huh. Uh-huh. We, we have to have a full on <laughs> friends rewatch. But I just want to like mention that you don't have to feel 100 percent ready before you take the leap. Natalia took the leap. I did the mm-hmm. same. You're never going to feel 100 percent ready. But I think if you feel really like strongly and passionate about what you're offering in the world and um, mm-hmm. you've done you know a little bit of that research, you can start towards owning your creative business, the creative business yes. that you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: you guys have a really similar story, and I love that. I think that's very fearless of you guys, and takes a lot of courage. So kudos to you.
2: (laughs) Mine was fueled with hate of my day job, but (laughs) yeah, I think it's hard to ever really be ready. You know, it's like, what does that even mean? What does it look like? And I'm sure you can define it, but it's like, even if you're ready financially, you might not be ready mentally, and that's a lot of what I see is because I a lot of my clients are women who. Still have nine to fives and they want to leave their corporate job, like, you know, or their full time job, or their stay at home moms and they want to start a business. And so I help a lot of my clients get to the place where they leave their job and go full time into entrepreneurship, but it has never been because they're like ready. You know, they're never like, I feel so great about this decision. Like, I have all the money. Like, it, it's always like, no, it's time for you to leave in order to keep building your business, in order to really hit that financial goal, in order to really grow yourself. And so they freak out, you know, when they're about to quit and they're like, what am I doing? Like, all the mindset things come up. And that's something that I coach them through. And it's, I think, when you're going to make a big decision for yourself, It's always going to be scary, but it's that fear that we have to almost like take advantage of to say, this is my chance to grow. And this is my chance to really propel myself into the life that I want for myself. And I'm going to step into it in order to really become that person and have all of the things that I want. And so many of us are waiting until we feel that way, or until we are that person. But it's like, you're not going to be that person until you make the decision to step into what's made for you and what you want to have for yourself.
1: I think that's a really good thing to bring up like mindset, because I feel like mindset plays a huge role in also creating profit in your business, because a Mm -hmm. lot of people are like, well, I'm a creative, I wanted to do this because it sounds fun. And it sounds I want to bring people joy. And while those Mm -hmm. things are great to exercise your creativity, bring joy for your own life, as well as other people's lives, like businesses need profit in order to grow and even to just sustain. So I'd love to hear kind of your story on that. Because I think I listened to your IG story today or yesterday, and you were talking about that you're like, I wasn't always good at sales, but this is how I've changed. And I was like, Oh, what I always thought Natalia was just like born and she's like, I'm ready to make some money. you know. <laughs> so I would love to kind of hear how you got started so that maybe people who are maybe in a similar place where you were at, um, you know, where they don't feel confident to make profit, or maybe they don't even know that they have this thing holding back. Like you probably didn't know, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd love to kind of hear that transition. Yeah,
2: I was actually it's so funny because I was talking to my friend about that this morning how I was like it's so weird because now people are like you're our go-to person for sales and we want to want you to talk about sales and I keep getting all these requests to talk about sales and it cracks me up because it's like 2 years ago I was the girl that was like I hate sales, I suck at sales, I don't do sales, it's not my thing, sales are sleazy. And a lot of that for me came from corporate because i was on the marketing team and i you know i worked for really big successful companies and so what happened was that we had a marketing team and we had a sales team and so i got used to bringing in the leads and then handing it off to the salesperson and what i realized when i got into my business was like oh i don't have a salesperson i don't have a sales team that i can hand the lead off to like i have to be the salesperson and even then I somehow avoided it for years, and I was like, I just do marketing, and I would just sell through my marketing, um, which I do believe like a lot of your selling should happen through marketing. But you still have to learn how to close the sale. You still have to learn how to have a sales process and follow up, and that wasn't something that I really had to master until I became a coach because it's it's just kind of a, a different field and it's something different that you're selling. And so finally, two years ago, I was like, okay, well, I can keep saying that I suck at sales and I can keep saying that sales are sleazy and that it's not my thing, or I can choose to change my mindset and start saying, I am really good at sales. I'm a really great salesperson. Like I can close a sale like nobody's business. And I had to do that. (laughs) Sorry, were you going to say something, Joyce?
0: (laughs) Oh, no, I was gonna say, well, I, it's just this reframe, right? So it was a reframe for yourself to be like, no, I am already this person who Mm -hmm. is amazing at sales. And I also wonder if for people that kind of, they associate the word sales with that icky, sleazy feeling that you mentioned, maybe Mm -hmm. you see it also as you're sharing, like you're sharing what you can do for other people, Um, Maybe Mm -hmm. it's also a reframe there where you're not actually thinking about the word sales, but you think about
2: it as sharing. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. another way people can feel a little bit better about it, too. Totally. And like what I like to teach my clients is to use the word invite instead of sell. And that's the word that I like to use. And what I teach people is like you need to invite people to work with you because when you invite somebody, you empower them to make that decision for themselves. And if you don't invite them, you're taking that decision away from them. And you're also deciding that the answer is no, and you're choosing for them.
1: Love. Love that. It's like the the two hands up emoji, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Okay. I love
1: that. I love how you talked about the starting point, like literally from ground zero up. It totally is a mind shift and it totally is like making the decision to just go after it, whether you feel ready or not. Okay. So once we do that, once we're like, okay, I'm ready to make money, to be profitable, I'm worthy, let's invite people to make sales. Like, how do you go about maintaining that? Like, how often do you check in? Do you have any tips, like tangibly? Like, what does that look like for you?
2: Yeah. That's a great question. So Here's the thing is like, as the business owner, we have to be aware of everything that's happening in our business, right? So the same way that I was like, I hate sales, I also was like, I hate finances and money and numbers. And I hate looking at all of that. But I was like, if I'm the business owner, I have to do that. So I that was somewhere else, some another area where I had that reframe of like my mindset, and then my actions. And so I realized I have to be aware of the numbers and what's going on in my business. And so what I started doing was that every Friday, I started turning that into like my financial Friday. And so that's when I sit down and I look at all of my numbers and I look at what sales came in or um, what sales I'm expecting to come in and what leads I need to follow up with in order to close that sale or get that number. And so it's become a weekly thing for me, and then also a monthly thing. And so I, you know, initially, it was a very uncomfortable for me to do that. Like I hated sitting down and looking at the numbers. However, the more I did it, the easier it got. And then it became something that I actually enjoy doing now where I get to see like my numbers and the sales and it's become exciting. And so I think that we have to be willing to one, change our mindset even when our emotions don't align with it, because especially as women, we are very emotional, and we are very in tune with our emotions, which is a beautiful thing. But I think that a lot of times we can let fear take over, or we can say, you know, this is too uncomfortable. So I don't want to do this. But if it's good for you, you have to let that discomfort be there. Um, and you have to move past it and just allow yourself that growth period, whether it's sales or marketing or looking at your numbers, like, allow yourself that discomfort, allow the growth. And then once you get past that process, um, you'll be so much stronger. And I I like to call it growing pains, you know, as kids, like we have these growing pains, where like, my legs hurt. um, And you're feeling it, but you're not going to say, well, take the pain away and let me not grow and just stay at like, stay really really short you know like you're gonna allow yourself to grow and feel that pain and it's a I'm good cracking thing. up
0: I'm <laughs> cracking up at growing pains because I'm five feet tall and I was like I never had growing pains <laughs> really like I don't didn't. know what that feels like <laughs> I don't I just stayed the same like I haven't grown since I was 12 I don't know what that feels <laughs> like so I first experienced it with business I guess <laughs>
2: <laughs> there you go. You, you've ha- you have experienced growing pains just in a different way. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: But speaking of emotions, I actually wanted to share with you Natalia and our mm-hmm. audience what you shared with me during dinner that time that we got dinner like a few months ago, I want to say but anyways, Italian, I got dinner at this amazing Mediterranean place. And something you told me that resonated with me um, and stayed with me and something that I've now practiced today ever since our dinner was, you said like at the beginning of the month or the end of the month, depending on how you look at it, um, look at the money that you're bringing in for the next month. So you know, like you're starting at this number. And and then anything you add beyond that is going to be only on top of that. And it'll kind of help you plan for like how many clients you take in rather than like being afraid, like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to make money? And then you say yes to everything because you don't know like what you're making that month. But I love how like I use HoneyBook. We talk about it all the time on our podcast, but HoneyBook allows me to see like how much is coming. And for me, even if I do nothing today, like I know like that's what's owed to me because of the clients that I've booked in the past. So I feel so good going into like, okay, even if I do nothing today, I'm gonna make $5,000, $10,000, whatever that number is, $1,000. It feels so good going into the month knowing like there's something there. And anything I make on top of that will just be extra on top of that starting point. So anyways, I just wanted to share that because I love that.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think it is that shift of like, going into the month with a scarcity mindset or an abundance mindset right like how much different are you going into the month if you know i am making a minimum of 3k this month even if i don't do anything else even if i didn't lift another finger like these are already the clients i have booked these are the sales that are already going to come in and so when you see it that way then you're going in and you're getting on sales calls and not being pushy because you're not feeling like I have to get this sale. And so I'm going to pressure this person. But instead, you're like, yeah, I would love to work with you. And it's there's no pressure around it. It's just you like I would love to support you if it's the right fit. And so I think that it just really shifts everything in your business. And that is one of the things that I work through with clients is like, how can we get you to the point where you are consistently making 1K or 3K or whatever that number looks like for you, so that it's comfortable and you're not stressing from month to month, wondering, like, where are my sales gonna come from? Am I going to make any sales? Because that's such a stressful way to live your life and to run your business. So I love creating ways where it's like you can have that consistent cash flow month after month and that minimum, and then you just grow from that place. And it makes it so much easier to grow when you have that abundance mindset.
1: So good. Okay, seriously, I, I almost wish we recorded that conversation we had at dinner, because I was like, (laughs) snapping. I was like, girl, this is so good. Okay, so (laughs) with going from maintaining, so we started from starting point maintaining. And I want to kind of ask you like two questions. So I do want to end this like starting maintaining with like planning for the future. Um, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I also would love to talk to you about how you pay yourself as a business owner. So one, like once you know, at the beginning of the month, I have $3,000 coming in, whatever, whatever that number is for you. Um, mm-hmm. And then planning for like, how do you add to your business? Or if you're like, oh, I actually don't have anything planned up because if you're listener, if you're listening right now and you're like, oh, I actually don't know those numbers. It's totally fine. Everyone starts at some point. So how does someone like that plan for the future or the coming month? And then also, like, after they make that money, how do they pay themselves as a business owner? And I'm only posing this question because your answer to me at dinner was so good. And I just want to, like, give you the opportunity to share with our audience, too.
2: Yeah, so, okay, hopefully I say the same thing I said at dinner, because I don't remember what I said
1: (laughs) No (laughs) pressure, no pressure.
2: Um, But as far as planning... So I guess just to clarify, like, are you meaning like, how do you plan your sales or? um...
1: Yeah, like, so if someone is so like, because kind of like what we said about the how often do you check in, you said financial Fridays, and then you also said, like, at the beginning of the month, kind of seeing where your starting point is. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of after you figure out your starting point, how do you plan for? like the future, because I know some people do like coaching sessions, like surprise coaching sessions, or like, Mm -hmm. you know, I did like a mini portrait pop up, like stuff like that. Like, how do you Mm -hmm. plan going into the future? So you have less anxiety. So you know, your why so you're turning down the projects that are not good for you. Mm -hmm. um, And saying yes, to the ones that are aligned for you.
2: Yeah, so I think it really just comes down to identifying like, how do I want to serve this month? Or how do I want to help people this month? And I, I always believe and teach and teach like picking one offer to focus on and to sell every month. I think it's so easy to want to sell like a million things. But it's actually really confusing and overwhelming for your audience. Like Overall, um, it's overwhelming to run a business, right? And people are already being bombarded with a million options every single day of like what they should listen to or what they should watch or what they should invest in. And so, if you're also bombarding them with a lot of options, like that's o- really overwhelming. So, it's so much easier when you just pick like one thing and you say, here's what I want to sell, here's the price point, here's how many of these I want to sell, because then every single week, like you know. Here's what I am focusing on. So for example, let's say, you know, okay, I'm making a minimum of $3,000 this month, but I want to make 5,000. And I'm going to do that by selling this one offer that costs $500. So that means I need to book four clients. And when you're looking at it that way, then you, you know, that month, my focus is booking four clients. And that's so much less overwhelming because then the content that you create, the way that you show up is all focused around. I need to book for clients and I need to book them for this offer. So I'm going to talk about this offer. I'm going to talk about how great it is. I'm going to share testimonials. I'm going to share content that relates to what this offer is. And then your content is strategic. The way you show up is very focused. Like you're giving people one clear path of action. And then you're telling them how you can support them in that thing. And then, you know, my job is just to get four sales this month. And that's less overwhelming than like how many sales, like not even knowing how many sales you need to get or how many clients you need to book or how much money you want to generate. And having that clarity makes it so much easier for it to happen. Because if your job is to get four clients, you can even break it down. as like my job is to get one client every week. And that feels so much more doable than like, not knowing and just kind of the emptiness of not knowing what that looks like it's also
0: like math i think that Mm -hmm. and you touched a little bit about this regarding like emotions um in business earlier when you can math something out it's like hard that's hard numbers right like you can't dispute four is four or whatever so when you math something out it feels a little bit easier it's a little bit more black and white versus like what natalia said if you didn't have that clarity right so stop being scared of math we need to know our numbers if you're going to be in business um i also wanted to ask you what are some like tangible tips some practical tips that someone can take in order to get comfortable with selling or inviting or sharing or however they want to you know call selling
2: yeah that's a great question so Um, I think one, like, first, you absolutely have to do the mindset work around it. Because if you don't, if you have this idea that sales are bad, or if you're telling yourself, like, sales are sleazy, or however you're thinking about it, like your actions depend on how you think. And so if you want to change your actions, if you want to change your results, you have to start by changing the way you think. And that's why I knew, like, I have to stop telling myself that I suck at sales. So When I first started saying I am great at sales, I'm amazing at sales, like I didn't feel that way. Nothing aligned with what I was saying, but I made that shift mentally. And then my actions started aligning with that. So I think that doing the mindset work around it is really important. So, you know, catch yourself when you're saying something negative about sales, stop yourself and replace it with something positive and start affirming yourself and start affirming sales. You know switch it out for inviting as well if that's something that will help you and then the other thing too is that i like to say that without the transaction there's no transformation and essentially you have to start looking at the transaction that is going to occur as the as a bridge that's going to bring transformation for both you and the client because when you make that transaction you are going to experience the transformation of making money and being able to build the business you want to build and have the life that you want to have. And on the other hand, the client is going to experience the transformation of the result that you deliver for them. So that transaction is really just a bridge for both of you to experience the transformation that you want to experience. And you going out and inviting people is you saying like, I am giving you the opportunity to experience this transformation that you want and that you need so don't be afraid to talk about it to invite people to work with you just look at it as an invitation the same way you would invite someone to your birthday party and let them decide whether they want to attend or not you're inviting somebody to work with you and empowering them to decide whether it's something that they need for themselves or not
1: i
0: love that i love the whole like i'm inviting you to experience something that you need like that is I don't know if I should say it, but that's an easy sell, right? If Mm -hmm. you can, if you can target my pain points and you know exactly what I'm struggling with and what I need and you have the solution to that, like I'm Mm -hmm. all in, take my money. Mm
2: Yeah. That's also
0: just Diana and I can have a whole separate conversation about. And and Sheena too, Sheena shout out. Um, But that's, that's what it comes down to. How do you help people? Mm -hmm. So Yeah, no, I completely love the whole inviting idea. And I was also wondering, you know, after you've invited someone after they have made that transaction, do you have any tips on paying yourself as an entrepreneur?
2: Yeah, so I so again, kind of like with being aware of your finances, I think that it's really important to have an understanding of, you know, how much money you want to make how much money you need to make, because these are questions that I often ask my clients and sometimes they don't have the answers to them. You know, they're like, I actually don't even know how much money I need to make in my business or how much I want to make. And I think you need to know both of those things. How much do you need to make? Because that's your starting minimum goal. And then how much do you want to make? Because that's the beauty of having a business is like you get to decide how much money you want to make. You know, you don't have a cap or a limit on that. And so get really clear and identify those and then set yourself up to pay yourself from the beginning. I see a lot of entrepreneurs who don't pay themselves or they wait to pay themselves. And that's a really big mistake because it makes it so much more challenging to pay
1: yourself down the line. Like you can do you mean in the beginning? Sorry, I just want to clarify Mm -hmm. in the beginning. Do you mean like in the beginning stage of your business? Or do you mean like Mm -hmm. literally at the beginning of the month when you get your income Mm -hmm. in? pay yourself at the beginning?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So I mean, literally, as soon as you start your business, so I believe that every single sale should be profitable. So the very first sale that you make in your business, like ever, you need to pay yourself from that, even if it's just $20 $10, because what that's going to do is, again, it's going to set you up with an abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset where you feel good now about selling because you see a return, you see money that's coming in you see that you're paying yourself when i work with clients and i've worked with a lot of clients who come to me and they haven't paid themselves anything from all the the money that their business has made they're burned out and they're ready to give up and they don't want to keep doing this and it's like of course you don't because you literally created a job for yourself where you work for free like you're better off going and getting a job at McDonald's because so they're going to pay good. you more.
1: Right? I feel like there's so many people listening cringing right now. Like, I'm sorry, I'm calling
2: you guys out. So I'm calling good, you though. out, but
1: with love. So good.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's true, though. Like I'm calling you out lovingly because and I literally say that to my clients. I'm like, you're, you're better off getting a job at McDonald's because they're going to pay you more than what you're paying yourself right now. And I don't want you to do that. I want you to stay in your business and I want you to pay yourself. So pay yourself right at the start of and pay yourself. Like, I believe you need to be making money from every single sale. And then as far as like down the line, you know, when you're looking at your finances on a monthly basis, you know, set it up in a way that works for you, whether you want to pay yourself weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, like I really like to do monthly. And then just kind of at the end of the month, I look at everything that came in. Um, I'm very mindful about investing, but also keeping my costs um, as low as possible, because I know that then anything that I generate is profit and money that I get to pay myself. And so I invest, I have business coaches, I have a team, I have tools, I have things that I pay for. Um, However, like those costs do not take up even half of like what running my business does or It takes up, I would say, maybe a third if that, you know, because I know for a while, like income reports were a really popular thing and million dollar businesses would publish their income reports. And I like I was the weirdo that would like download their income report. And I would actually analyze it and look at it because I was like, I want to understand how they have this million dollar business. But what I would discover is that they had this million dollar business, but at the end of the day, they were making like a $10, $20,000 profit because all of the money was going towards just keeping this million dollar business running. So for me, it was like, I rather make $10,000 a month and pay myself $8,000 than have a million dollar business where like, I'm not even making that much money. So I think that we have to be very profit focused and really aware of are my costs? lower than the profit. And then that profit, you know, being the amount that you actually get to take home and pay yourself because you're going to feel so good when you're actually paying yourself and again, building that like dream lifestyle that you want to have for yourself. But if you're just hustling your booty off, and not making the money you want to be making, like that's not going to be sustainable for you. And when it comes to entrepreneurship, you have to be in it for the long run. And so the way you set yourself up to do that is rewarding yourself and paying yourself from the beginning.
0: I love that you shared that, the pay yourself from the beginning and stop working for free. I'm definitely one, this probably would surprise Diana, I'm one that didn't pay myself in the beginning. And I think it was just like, I'm starting a side hustle. I want to quit my day job that I hate, all of these things, or this industry that I hate, so all of these things. And I didn't focus on that. And everything just kind of stayed in the business. And like it was like a cycle of reinvesting, reinvesting. So I needed that reminder a few years ago, Natalia. So I'm sure that right now it's, it's really timely for people that are listening and are realizing at the very beginning that they haven't paid themselves and they're like 60 days old in business. So go back and pay yourself and then just keep it as a habit moving forward. Don't be like Joyce is basically the lesson there. Um, but yeah, so we, you know, thank you so much for all of the mic drop moments. I swear we need like a sound effect to start editing mic drop moments or whatnot in here. I'm going to look into that. So look out for future (laughs) episodes. Um, But, you know, Natalia shared a lot of great tips, paying yourself from the beginning, stop working for free, making those shifts from selling to inviting someone. And maybe that is actually what's going to help you kind of come over any humps you're experiencing or any resistance that you're experiencing when it does come to sales. So just like Diana said in the beginning, you know, you need to have sales so that you are considered a business. Without it, you're a hobbypreneur, right? So we just wanted to thank Natalia so much for joining us. Any links that we have shared or anything we've mentioned will be in the show notes as well as where you can find Natalia online. Be sure to follow her. She does great stories like all the time, giving you little tidbits and business advice. So it's really fun to also watch her stories. So until next time, thank you for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode.